0: Good morning. Welcome to another episode of Hard Foul Radio. This is the show that values time. I value mine. You should value yours. So let's get started. This is a double header like I tweeted out yesterday. We are breaking down the biggest storylines from the AFC East, biggest storylines from the AFC North, and doing a team by team breakdown, where I have who coming in last, third, second, and first. Once again, records to be announced on Friday, where I have everybody, but I will give you my division placements, outlets for the teams, and given all that good stuff. So let's get started. So this is um, a doubleheader. Uh, Let's start with the AFC East and what the biggest storyline is. And the biggest storyline in the AFC East is it's a proving year for everybody. This is The prove-it division, and I mean at every level. If you're the Jets, Zach Wilson, prove you can be the starting quarterback going forward. This is no longer, we've talked about this a bunch, and especially this last week. The era of giving quarterbacks time is going away faster and faster. And eventually it will just be gone. It's you're gonna join the league, you're gonna get Josh Rosen will become the norm, not the abnormal or the anomaly. You will see guys get a year. You can't figure it out. If you don't show flashes, not saying everyone's gotta come in and go 13 and 4 of their rookie year. But if you don't come in and it looks like you're the guy, you can do it, you can prove like you gotta show these flashes, teams start getting rid of you right after a year. And they won't worry about it. So, Zach Wilson, you already got your rookie year, you were hurt, you got hurt, you know, maybe not the most talented roster. Fine. Now, he is coming into this year with an injury pre-existing. Now, if surgery should be ready. The hope is he's ready by week one, but if not, week two or week three. That I don't think will be used against him, but I also think it's going to help him. I don't think that if they have another disappointing season, I don't think Zach Wilson is a Jets starting quarterback a year from now. There's just too many guys. Colleges are producing too many guys who can play. And for the NFL, now, too many is relative. Because for the NFL standard of too many guys that can play is you only really got to put two to three guys a year who can play. One guy who's a star and two guys who are serviceable or above average. So because of that, this is Zach Wilson's prove it year. Prove you can be the guy. Don't just look like the guy, which you don't, you look like you're 15. Don't just act like you could be the guy. You need to prove that you can play like the guy. Same thing in Miami. And Tua has even more pressure, whereas I think Zach Wilson will at least get Even if it turns out Zach Wilson's not the guy, I think Zach Wilson will get the entire year to play. I don't think you bench him week four, week five, or week 10, 11. I don't think that does any good if you're the Jets. Now, if you're Tua, different story. You've already gotten some time. Not only have you been given time, you also, excuse me, you've also been given upgrades. You've been given help. Your team went out and got you a Tyreek Hill, has gotten you weapons. You've got a Jalen Waddle in the draft from last year. The Dolphins gave you a new offensive lineman, a right tackle. So not only do you fall into the same rules of Zach Wilson in terms of like, you got to get it going now or we'll replace you. You've already been given longer than Zach has, longer than some other quarterbacks have been given. And your team has tried to upgrade the team around you to put you in the best position to succeed. If you're Tua, you gotta do it now or never. And unlike Zach, who I think can play out the whole season, even if they don't think he's the guy going forward, Tua's not going to be given that same kind of leeway. You pay Tyree Kill that kind of money give it those kind of draft picks. You know, you're going to have to pay Jalen Waddle that kind of money you go out him sign um, your offensive lineman free agents for that kind of money. You're not if it doesn't work with Tua, and if it doesn't look like it's going to work, Tua could get benched by week five or week six. They brought in Teddy Bridgewater, who, if all Tua is going to be is a serviceable or below serviceable quarterback, well, they have that in Teddy. And Teddy is at least has the idea. And belief around it. Now, it didn't, have, it didn't work out in Denver. But we saw Teddy with you in the Saints a couple years ago when Drew Brees went down. Teddy was able to go in there for those six games. Like So, Teddy has that in his resume. That give him enough weapons, a serviceable team, like a good team, good defense, good receivers. He can make stuff happen. Tua doesn't have that yet on his resume. We think Tua should be at least that. But we know Teddy is. So if you're Tua, not only do you gotta prove it, you could get benched way sooner than someone like Zach Wilson. So prove it year for Tua. Prove it year for Zach Wilson. This is a really weird one, and I don't like this narrative. And I I I have a rule on this show that I don't bet against Tom Brady, I don't bet against Bill Belichick. I just don't. They've just been kicking everybody's teeth in for 20 years. Salute, I'm not going against you. What I will say, though, and I'll be very clear, what I will say, though, I think this is a prove-it-year for Bill, but I think he wants to prove it. Like I said, I don't go against Bill. I don't go against Tom. But I think Bill... Bill proved he could get to the playoffs, right? He got Mac Jones to the playoffs post Tom Brady. So he's already proven he could do that. And a lot of guys, if you look at it, people give Bill Belichick a lot of shit the last two years. How many quarterbacks, I'm sorry, how many head coaches lose their all time great quarterback, think of the all time tandems, and just keep going like nothing happened? Not many situations. So the fact he already got to the playoffs, I don't think Bill Belichick has a thing left to prove to anyone. He is unequivocally the greatest head coach in NFL history, and I argue it's not close. What Bill, I think, kind of wants to prove, though, and I have no way to prove this, is I'm going to show you fuckers. No, off- We already know the New England offensive situation. No offensive coordinator. They got Matt Patricia, Joe Judge, defense special team guys, supposedly going to call plays on offense. But it's been reported that when it comes time for like a two-minute drill and other situations that Bill is actually the one calling plays during the more pressurized situations. That's interesting. I don't think Bill wants to be an offensive coordinator for 17 games. But I think Bill wants to prove that what he's doing is sustainable because the one thing he can do that Brady won't have a – it's impossible for a player to do, right? Bill could prove that not only if – like him and Brady could both succeed apart from each other while they're there. Bill being the head coach and essentially general manager means he could also succeed Post Brady. If he sets up a situation in which he is successful and are the Patriots are successful, post him because of the foundation he placed, that's a notch in his cap. So he already got to the playoffs without Brady. I think this year he is going to try to prove that he can do it without an offensive coordinator. And and he's going to try to put them also this year in a situation where. If he decides to walk away, for whatever his reasons are, he's he's about to be 70, he's got six Super Bowls, he's got nothing left to prove to nobody, he's rich forever. If he decides that he wants to leave soon, the one thing he could have up on Brady is sustained success post-departure. And Brady can't have that because Brady's just a quarterback. Brady can't say that you know his quarterbacking was so next level that it just turned the next guy also into like one of him that's just not gonna happen once Tom Brady's done playing that's it for Tom Brady Bill Belichick could prove not just this year but going forward what I did my foundation no one could touch it because we know even amongst other head coaches when a all-time head coach leaves usually goes downhill for an organization Look at my, my Broncos. Mike Shanahan leaves. Besides a couple years of Manning, been pretty downhill. Don Shula, pretty downhill for the Dolphins. Bill Walsh, downhill for the 49ers. Um, Jimmy Johnson, Cowboys, pretty downhill. Like, there's just what he can do. As like I said, I'm not saying this is a bill has to prove a year because. Bill is doesn't to me doesn't have to prove a thing the rest of his life. But I think for him, this could be his own I'm gonna prove it to you guys that I know better than you about football. And Bill Belichick does. So like a lot of these reporters that come out with the reports that it's like, oh Bill looks lost, confused, the media guy's are like, Oh yeah, he's just the, the error is but past him. Bill knows the game so much better than ninety nine point nine percent of humans on this planet, most of us shouldn't talk about it. And with our last AFC East Prove It is the Bills and it's Josh Allen. And I think this is one that is, uh, Tony and I are going to talk later in the show. And Tony brought up uh, Joe Flacco about Joe getting his deal. And at the time of Joe getting his deal, there was a real chance Joe Flacco was ascending towards a top five quarterback. Didn't end up happening for Joe that way. But that was a real thought is that after that Super Bowl and after that playoff run, Joe had a, was going to ascend to that next level. And I think that's a really good comparison. Because that's where Josh Allen is right now. We just saw Josh Allen do it in the playoffs. We just saw Josh Allen have a great regular season. And with this new contract, and we've all pretty much everybody has essentially placed, we kind of separate the old guys, like Rodgers and Brady are kind of in their own territory, but they're just much older. We essentially consider the future of quarterbacking. Allen Mahomes. Well, Mahomes has already been there, done it. He's got a Super Bowl. He's eight and three in playoff games. He's got all these records. He's got an MVP. Josh Allen, while we think he might be capable of that, he doesn't have that stuff yet. So, Josh Allen's prove it is, prove you belong here. A lot of people have already put you here. You might put yourself here already. I don't know. You won't return my text messages. But prove you deserve to be here. I need Joe Flacco is, at the more that I thought about this last night after Tony and I were done recording, is this, Joe Flacco was the perfect comparison for Josh Allen. Like I said, MVP, or sorry, not an MVP, apologize. Amazing playoff runs, Flacco went into the Super Bowl, Allen's unfortunately ended the way it did against Kansas City. Two guys. Super tall, super strong arms. They look the part. We're both get these huge mega contracts. We're ready to put them into top, top end, echelon, high echelon quarterback status. Flacco, unfortunately, did not go that way. Allen, it's your turn. Show us that you deserve to be here. moving over to the afc north this is a lot easier one and this one's also quicker because i think that i've already discussed it somewhat but i still think it's the biggest storyline um in the afc north the biggest storyline is lamar jackson's contract um it's very simple so i've already discussed last week the way that i like the way lamar jackson and the ravens handle their contract situations i think they're very adult and mature about it um it's a very successful relationship because stuff's not getting out um, they're not being messy. They're not talking bad about the other person, the other side. They understand, hey, this is a contract situation. We got to negotiate. I want this. You guys want that. And at some point, we got to meet somewhere in the middle or uh, some kind of agreement. And I think, Mo- I think Lamar Jackson will sign. But here's the interesting thing. This is what makes the story more compelling as far as a media person. The Ravens, who I think have the best roster in that division, barring um, they don't have the avalanche of injuries they had last year, they have to make a decision on are we going to let Lamar Jackson walk out of this division or do we want to keep him here for the next essentially half a decade to a decade? Because you know Joe Burrow is going to be there for half a decade to a decade in Cincinnati. You know Mr. Nasty is going to be there for half a decade to a decade in Cleveland. And you know... The Steelers are the Steelers, so even if it's not Kenny Pickett's the guy, the Steelers aren't going to be bad. They just don't do it. It's one of the best organizations in sports. So if you're the Ravens and you know this division, which I think they're poised to win this year, spoilers, this is not something you have to think about long term. Lamar Jackson is a transcendent superstar, an MVP, a 70% win rate, um, set multiple records during his MVP season. Already, you could argue the best or second best dual-threat quarterback of all time. Are you going to let him walk? And I genuinely mean, are you going to let him walk? This is not implying, yes, you could do, okay, play out this year, franchise tag him a year, franchise tag him a second year. That's the Kirk Cousins thing. But do you want to do that with Lamar Jackson? I, no offense to Kirk, I understand why Washington did it with Kirk Cousins. He was kind of this, he put up numbers, but he didn't necessarily look like the other guys who were asking for that kind of money. Lamar looks like the guys asking for that kind of money. Lamar looks like a superstar. Lamar is a superstar. Are you going to let Lamar Jackson walk out of this division? Because this isn't a one-year thing. Joe Burrow's here for more than one year. Mr. Nasty is here for more than one year. The Steelers are here for more than one year. And this is maybe the most talented roster Baltimore's ever had, both sides of the ball. We know Baltimore's had some all-time defensive rosters. But in terms of offensive personnel, defense, the whole nine yards, this is as good of a roster as they've ever had. Like I said, we're not going to spend a lot of time here. Um, I've already discussed this last week. Um, but I did want to revisit it because we are doing the top storylines from each division, which I do think this is the top storyline. But I think it's a lot quicker and concise than um, other divisions. Do the Ravens let Lamar Jackson walk? I don't think you can, but I'm not a billionaire. I'm not the, um, I don't own the Ravens, so you know, what the fuck do I know? We're going to take our first break here and because we're doing a doubleheader, and I have still have shit to do so I got to make sure I'm time wise here no breaks post coming back we are going straight through every single team in the AFC East on the other side of this break this is hard radio And we are back this is hard for our radio appreciate you for tuning in today uh this is our double headers we're doing both the afc east and the afc north we are starting though with the afc east fourth place for the afc east just get into it it's got to be the new york jets right it's got to be the jets um this isn't anything against the Jets. I do think the Jets have, if Zach Wilson turns out to be the guy, um, I do think they have potentially some foundational pieces. Um, unfor- unfortunately, one of those foundational pieces, uh, Mackay Becton did tear his ACL and be out for the year. That is a big blow to the franchise, not only for the Jets as a whole, but especially to Zach Wilson. Um, but they're just, you, could, you can tell a lot of fourth place teams there's a talent deficiency. You just simply are not as good as the other teams in your division. And they don't have something that transcends the talent gap. Like the Bengals you could argue last year uh weren't as talented as some of the other teams in the division, but Joe Burrow and some other stuff happened and he was good enough to close that gap. Or with the case of the Patriots, who we'll talk about later in this division. Uh Bill Belichick is good enough and great enough that he can close the gap on maybe a talent deficiency in areas. The, the New York Jets don't have that. The New York Jets don't have a guy that's like, oh yeah, he is that great, he's that transcendent, he's that much of a difference maker that we can be less talented than the other teams in our division. And that's just where the Jets are right now. The Jets are on year two, three of a rebuild. Um, what they want to see is progress. They want to see Zach Wilson show like he can be the guy. I'd you got to win a bunch of games, although that helps. But you want to be competitive. You've already gone through the stages of losing a lot. You've already gone through the stages of getting blown out. Now you got to get to the point where you are either losing close games or you're competitive throughout the season. That's what the Jets want to see. And I think, really, their best-case scenario is about a 5 6 And I don't think they get there. They are rebuilt. And when you are rebuilt, like I said, unfortunately, they won't see Decton. But this, this year kind of is. We could just be. We could cut the crap. This year is going to be Zach Wilson or bust. Not saying they get to the playoffs. But this year is Zach Wilson or bust. Zach Wilson has to show that he is the quarterback. Otherwise you're set back another two to three years because you're going to have to draft another quarterback, and he's going to have to go through his own uh, rookie season. He's going to have to go through his own bumps, and you're going to have to possibly learn a new offensive system. If your coaching staff gets fired, you push back even more. Like, th- this is the Zach Wilson season. And the Jets, if you're smart, take it from me. Not that I'm qualified to say this, but, you know, I feel like I am. If Zach Wilson is the guy, or even if he's not, pulling up your staff ain't worth it. The. How do you say this? In a nice way, or at least a kind of nice way. If you're the Jets. If you, if Zach Wilson doesn't work out, and your coaching staff don't work out in terms of wins, and you blow it both up, instead of being put back two to three years, you're now set back possibly five years, possibly another decade. What have the Jets been since Mark Sanchez? Right, uh, since Mark Sanchez and Rex Ryan? Been a pretty much dumpster fire collectively. Quarterback out of town, head coach out of town. Now where are you? so for the jets don't blow everything up you if you're in a rebuilding team really any rebuilding team pay attention to what is actually good this is going to be hard on your and it's not just hard it is hard but it's important for your general manager and your scouting department to be able to look at the team and go okay this is working this is okay we have good run defense we have crappy pass coverage okay but is it our Corners and crappy pass coverage? Is that we have no safety help? Is it the scheme? Like, these are the kind of things that you need to look out for if you are a rebuilding team and pinpoint, okay, what is good, what is bad? And that's how you make, that's how you return to being a relevant franchise, which the Jets haven't been consistently since Mark Sanchez, Rex Ryan. So Jets, fourth place. Third place, and this one might be, I don't know if it's controversial or not, I think it's the Dolphins. Now, I think the Dolphins are going to look... I think the Dolphins have unrealistic expectations because I think people think that if, okay, well, if Tua was the guy and you just brought in all these pieces, you got to at least get to the playoffs. Have you seen the AFC? The AFC is hell. First off, in division, you got to fight possibly a top two quarterback, a top two head coach. And then you get two wins with the Jets. But that's... The, the AFC is hell. Even if the Dolphins are good. Like, good teams are going to have losing records. Look at the AFC West. A good team could have a losing record. That's extremely feasible. I think the Raiders are really good. They could go 8-9. and nine. The Dolphins' expectations and the expectations on Tua are going to be unfair because that's just how this works. Tua could still technically be the guy and be a good quarterback and not make the playoffs this year. That's a 1,000% of possibility, and that's kind of where I've got him. I think Tua can be good. I think Tyreek Hill, obviously, is a great addition. Jalen Waddle had a great rookie season. The Dolphins had a really weird stretch last year where, you know, they lost a bunch of games in a row, then they won a bunch of games on the row, so it's like, hey, which team are you? They obviously had uh, the coaching controversy in the offseason. But you got a new system, a bunch of new pieces. Tua is in a prove-it year, which is going to go against him for his expectations. Dolphins finish third. There's nothing about the Dolphins that make me like, like I said, I think the Dolphins and Patriots are just about even, right? Like, I was going through this and I was like, hey, well, who actually is the better team? Because I hate the cop-out answer. I'm like, well, they're really close, but the, the fact of the matter is they are. But what did we say earlier? Bill Belichick is great. On the Dolphins, what do we know? That's great. I can argue it's just Tyree Kill, and if it is just Tyreek Kill, do we know two is great? No, so that dampens some of Tyree Kill's greatness. Whereas Bill, yes, the first year without Brady, there was some struggling and trying to revamp, and it did not go necessarily the way you'd want. But he figured out by the second You got Mac Jones as a rookie to the playoffs. Bill Belichick is great. There's nothing really on the Dolphins that I would argue is great. Then we go to, obviously now, our second place team, the New England Patriots. I think the Patriots are in this really weird position of, I think most years, they could be a playoff team. I don't think this year they can. I still think they're slightly better than the Dolphins. I think they'll be in the hunt for a large amount of the season because that's just, once again, the respect and the greatness of Bill Belichick. But this team's not making the playoffs. Ravens, excluding even division winners. Or no, don't exclude division winners, sorry. Bills, Ravens, Steelers. And I'm just going with the common teams that people think. These aren't necessarily all my picks. Chargers, Broncos, Chiefs, Raiders. Chiefs, Chargers, Raiders, Broncos, the whole AFC West. And the South, it's just probably the Titans. And even then, I could argue even the Colts are a better version of New England. This is a good team, not a great team. Like I said, I think the greatness factor of Bill separates them from the Dolphins. I think a good year is nine and eight. I think this is real. I think realistically, um, I, you know, for a spoiler for Friday, I've got the Dolphins somewhere around eight and nine. The Patriots about nine and eight. So very close. But I think Bill is the difference maker in that one or two games. But I think all the wild card teams do get to ten. And we know what the Patriots are. Even with the whole situation with their offensive staff and like, oh, they got Judge and Patricia and who knows what the hell's going to happen. The Patriots know who they are. The Patriots have one of the most... The thing that made the Patriots so frustrating when they were great is they were probably the only team in the league that was the same team week in, week out. And they're essentially still like that. They just have this... Bill has developed the greatest practice routine of all time I guess, and, you know, just they, they come out day in, day out, or week in, week out, same team for the Patriots. It's Bill Belichick. I don't think they're a playoff team. I think they're good to be second in the AFC East, which then leads us to our number one team in the AFC East, and I know it's a huge shocker, huge controversy. The AFC East is easy to talk about. The the Bills are the best team in the division. Um, Even if we don't think Josh Allen, if he's not necessarily Mahomes or Rodgers this year, he's better than the other quarterbacks in his division. Their roster top to bottom is better than everybody in the division. Their coaching staff, with the exception of Bill Belichick exclusively, is better than the other coaching staffs in the division. And as a whole, their coaching staff might be better. Bill Belichick's just Bill Belichick. So, coaching staff quarterback roster i mean this is one of the this is probably the easiest division to pick because even the other great teams that we think are great like i think the ravens are great but i think the Bengals are really good it could push them for the division we'll find out that after the break the chiefs are great but their whole division is great as well now I picked the Titans in the South, but the Colts have a really good shot. In the West, the Rams are great, but so are the Cardinals and so are the Niners, potentially. East, nobody's probably great. I'm sorry. The other division that's really easy to pick is the South, the Buccaneers. I was going through it in my head real quick, and I was like, yeah, the Buccaneers are also pretty easy to pick. They're winning that division. Not close. This is one of the easiest divisions to pick in terms of a winner. Like I said, Ian and Josh Allen's not what we saw in the playoffs. I'd still pick him over Tua. Still pick him over Mac Jones. I'd still pick him over Zach Wilson. They just added Von Miller, even though they paid probably too much for him, but Von's my guy, so so shout out to him. For his defensive player to ever get $200 million contracts, super dope. Yeah, that's, that's that's really all we got. When it comes to the Bills, I think it's, there's anything else would be redundant, right? Like, we talk about Stephon Dave. We could talk about their defense. We could talk about, like, we, we could talk about their safety teams. Like, we understand who they are, and we understand where they are in this division. So, AFC East, to recap, Bills, Patriots, Dolphins, Jets, one playoff team coming out of this division, that being the Buffalo Bills. When we come back, we are going to discuss the AFC North. Stay tuned. This is Hardfire Radio. And we are back. This is Hardcore Radio. Uh, we are going into now the AFC North. And then after this segment, we have an interview with Tony coming up. And that's where we're going to close out the show. So, the AFC North, I think, is the second best division in the AFC. Like I said, I've been going in order what I think is worst. To the fourth, essentially, I would say the South is the weakest division. Then the East, then the North, and then the West. The North is interesting. So... The AFC North has, in fourth place to me, and this is going to be the quickest i talk about any team, um, it's the Cleveland Browns. The Browns made a gamble on a real nasty human being, and I don't feel bad, and they deserve every loss they get this year. Uh, we're not going to really discuss them. Take your gamble. Backfired. That's what you get. Four or five wins. Just spend it 11 games. Don't care. Third place, though. Get some coffee in there for you. Um, third place we gotta go with and this is tough because I have a lot of respect for this team but the Steelers just don't get there without a great quarterback and who the hell knows if Kenny Pickett's gonna be a great quarterback um, I have a lot of respect for Mike Tomlin um, obviously we all know never had a losing season uh, the Steelers as an organization are top to bottom maybe one of the three or four best ran like in sports, not just the NFL they are, yeah, like their pedigree speaks for itself. They always draft receivers. They got another one this year. O line's going to be good. Coaching, you know, is going to be good. Defense, you know, is going to be good. TJ Watt, Cam Hayward, Mika Fitzpatrick. Like, Mike, this is a Mike Tomlin coached football team. Even if I said, yeah, they're going to be that good, what, what, what ground do I have to stand on? Never had a losing season. And remember, just two years ago now, lost Ben Roethlisberger for the season, started Mike Hodges. We Remember that, right? And he still didn't have a losing season. The Steelers' only problem is that they are definitively one, probably two. They're in division with probably two Franchise-changing quarterbacks. I'm not ready to put Joe Burrow quite in the for-sure franchise-changing because it it will be only his second year, and so I do want to be somewhat moderate and respectful of that. Second year, still got to the Super Bowl. Lamar Jackson, we obviously know, second year, MVP. These are traits of transformation quarterbacks. Kenny Pickett, or if they go with Mitch Trubisky, I, I, I don't think they're going to go with Mitch Trubisky. I think the way Pickett's played in games is going to put it really hard on them to sell, Mitch, tri- resell Mitch Trubisky. But either or is not in the class of franchise-changing, franchise-altering. But this team got to the playoffs last year with Big Ben, who was on, you could argue, even more than his last leg. He was borrowing legs by the end of the season. It's a Mike Tomlin coach team. They're as good top to bottom as an organization is in sports. But I just don't think they're, because of that quarterback gap, can quite get there to that top two in this division, which is what you're going to need to try to make get a playoff spot. So the Steelers we have is third. At second... I think a lot of people are picking this team to win the division. Um, credit to what they did last year. Uh, but the Bengals, I believe, finished second. Joe Burrow is amazing. Jamar Chase is amazing. The Bengals getting to the Super Bowl was amazing. The Bengals are one of those teams, they've just been so bad most of my life, it's kind of hard to even say, like, oh, the Bengals got to the Super Bowl. Like, my brain doesn't quite compute that. Here's the problem, though. As good and as great as the Bengals were last year, as much as they did, they got a lot of breaks. And I hate to be this guy, because you got to take advantage of those breaks too. So let's not get that. Or let's not take anything away from them. They took advantage of what they had. The Ravens fell apart. The Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger was not only on essentially last leg, but was even decreasing throughout the season. The Browns were supposed to be a team that was potentially fighting for a Super Bowl last year. Then obviously with Baker and everything, it fell apart. So the division fell apart. The the Bills and Chiefs had to play each other which means that you didn't have to go through both of them. You potentially could this year. Mahomes played his worst half of football. Now, once again, credit to the Bengals for what they did last year. But that's only good for 2021. It's not good for 2021. The Ravens won't fall apart again. Mahomes doesn't play that half of football again. The Bills and Chiefs don't match up against each other again. These are all things that worked in the Bengals' favor. Took advantage of it. Did not drop the ball. But there's no guarantee all that stuff happens again. I think Joe Burrow can be amazing. I think he's got a chance. I, I, he's right there. He has one more season like he did last year. Absolutely. I put him in the franchise-changing quarterbacks. Like guys who came in and their teams were either good, they took him to great, a la Mahomes, or your team was bad and you made them relevant. Brady, Russell Wilson, the list goes on. One more season like he had last year, Joe Burrow was in the transformational quarterback camp. But you got to do at least one more year. I'm not doing it based off just one season, especially when he got hurt. Now, he was already good as a rookie. He unfortunately got hurt, was not able to finish that season. But even as a rookie, the guy everybody talked about was Justin Herbert. It's like, yeah, Herbert's the one. This guy's special. This guy's got it. We weren't talking about Burrow that way. Burrow made it to the Super Bowl, and I stand on this, that Burrow made it harder for every other quarterback who's ever going to join the NFL again. Because he took the Bengals, who are historically not well-run, who are historically a – dumpster fire of a franchise, and he got them to the Super Bowl in his second year, and he was the number one overall pick, so they were terrible when he got there. This isn't Mahomes getting the Super Bowl in his second year starting. The Chiefs were already good, he just made them great. Joe Burrow took the Bengals, the Bungles, whatever name you want to call them, got them to the Super Bowl. The idea that the Bengals, and I've been saying this a lot, that they're just gonna step right in and now this is their run, they're gonna run the AFC North. Like I said, is Baltimore falling apart again? I know this is only a one year thing, but like are the Steelers gonna be down forever? Like people talk about the Bengals, like I said, they're gonna make a run. Are the Steelers gonna be down bad forever? Now, the one break they do get this year that the whole division gets is that Mr. Nassie suspended 11 games. So they probably get two wins off the Browns. But winning the division, no. The, the, the winner of this division, I think, is the team that has the best roster in this division, the team that is arguably the best head coach, or at least tied for the best head coach. It's the team that has an MVP at quarterback, the team that just 2 years ago set multiple offensive records, the team that has a 1000-yard receiving tight end, arguably the best tight end in the game. The team that has an amazing defense. And essentially, if you look at all their injuries and who's coming back, the best free agent class of 2021. That's the Baltimore Ravens. I think the Ravens, top to bottom, are the best roster in this division. I think there are. I think the Ravens are top to bottom the best roster in the AFC. I think the other three rosters that compete with them are Tampa, San Francisco, and LA. But they're obviously all out in the NFC. Um, I think Lamar Jackson is healthy this year. Like fingers crossed that the Ravens are healthy. Obviously, if you're not healthy, you know then a bunch of other stuff happens. But a healthy Ravens team is the best team in this division, easily. Easily, easily, easily the best team in this division. They had, they were a one-seed with several injuries coming into the season. And they were a one-seed at week seven. And then continued to go on this horrific injury train and just derailed their season and then they were out of the playoffs. But no one really beat the Ravens. They just sustained too many injuries. Top to bottom. You could argue best quarterback in the division. Best defense in the division. Offense, you could argue it's tied, maybe. You want to say the Bengals, you want to say Jamar Chase is that great, that, you know, he's, he's that much better than any wide receiver they have, even though they have a great tight end. But they're right there, either first or tied for first, with essentially everything on their team in the division. The Baltimore Ravens win the AFC North. I keep thinking to myself, I'm like, I have to take with these little quick pauses because I'm like, wait, am I remembering everything? Am I saying it correct? But sometimes things should just be self-explanatory. And these two divisions in particular, the Bills being the best team in the East, and the Ravens being the best team in the North. It just is what it is. This is for Radio. We have Tony on the other side to discuss more of the AFC North. And welcome back. This is File Radio. We are joined by the one, the only, the richest Ravens fan y'all will ever know. Tony is in the building. How you doing? I mean,
1: I'm, I'm a Ravens fan, but that other part, <laughs> that shit, <laughs> not, that not, shit not... ain't
0: true. Hey, man. Um, I'm rich in spirit. There you go. So that's, and that's all that matters. So I started off, uh, so each, as I've been doing these breakdowns, I've been going, uh going team by team as well as giving what I think the biggest storyline inside each division is. Um, So it's why you perfect today to have on obviously going over the AFC North. Um, I believe the biggest storyline of the off season uh, exclude the nasty situation. And I barely talked about the Browns because of that is Lamar's contract situation. And I don't think Mm -hmm. it's so much a matter that I think he will get paid, uh, but I do think it matters in the way that they do it. Uh, the reports are this week is that uh, suppose they were willing to give him more money than what Kyler Murray signed for, which Kyler signed for 230, but Lamar wanted fully guaranteed because obviously the nasty guy got fully guaranteed. So somebody you knew was going to press that button. Uh, do you think it is smart to A, sign Lamar for more than what Kyler got, and B, do you think it's smart to sign him for a fully guaranteed contract? <laughs>
2: That's, that's what
1: he thinks. It's not a con frame. Ian Rapperfor right with on Pat McAfee's show uh Monday and he said like we haven't heard anything about that. I think that's just what, what Jay thinks. And Jay Glazer has that right to think that. If 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 what he's hearing or what he or what he's feeling based on the information he's been told is that Lamar wants to fill a fully guaranteed contract, fine, cool, has a job to do. Mm-hmm. From a fan standpoint, because I don't know anything outside of that. I'm a fan. I can only read the same reports everyone else reads. I can only have the same speculations and thoughts that everyone else has. When it comes to Lamar's contract, look at it this way. Say, okay, obviously he should be paid big money. Obviously they should do everything they can to keep him around. And you say, okay, why hasn't he signed? Why haven't they come to a deal yet when all these other guys are getting paid? Lamar represents himself. When you look at the people that Lamar has him, his mom and I'm sure some other people he trusts, he keeps it very close. He's not a very public guy in the things he does. Lamar has a record label no one knows about unless you're tuned into that scene. Lamar has a restaurant that no one knows about unless you're tuned into that. Lamar has kids books. Lamar has a lot of different things that unless you follow Lamar Jackson on the regular or you're tuned into to, to his business ventures like that, you wouldn't even know about. It. So
0: I didn't know about any of the three. I think I've heard exactly. about the restaurant, but I definitely haven't heard about the record label or uh the kids' books.
1: Exactly. So you know it it up you you watch ESPN or you watch NFL Network, you watch these shows and watch Fox Sports One. You watch all these shows and all people can do is guess and speculate and come up with their takes based on what they're hearing, not necessarily what they know. Because no Mm -hmm. one knows anything about Lamar Jackson. No one knows what's going on behind closed doors. And the Ravens have never been that organization to let anything be public knowledge. When Joe Flacco got his deal, it was announced. When... just was announced. It wasn't speculated on what it be, what the numbers were. It was announced. When Ray Rice got his deal and became one of the top paid running backs, it was announced. It wasn't, you know, this or that. The the Ravens don't operate that way, and Lamar doesn't operate that way. To the money part of it all, let's break it down this way. Obviously, Deshaun Watson got a fully guaranteed contract. It is what it is. Kyle Mary, Joe, um, not Joe, he'll get paid too. Josh Allen. Mm -hmm. um, You know, the list goes on and on. All of these guys have gotten extensions. All these guys have got big money, continuing to up the average salary per year for the quarterback position. The Ravens are looking at it. Okay, we understand that we have to pay him above all of these guys. We have to pay him market value. The Ravens have never been in the market of letting great players walk. They've always been in the market of if, if you're great, if, if you're really good, but we feel like we can replace your production, we will do that. They've never let a great player walk. And that's a fact. Terrell yeah. Suggs, Avery, Jalodinata, Marshall Yonda, Jonathan Ogden, the list goes on and on. If you're great, they'll pay. Mm-hmm. Now, you can look at Joe Flacco as an outlier because you can't let the Super Bowl MVP leave. You just can't do it.
0: No, a thousand percent. And at that time, he had, you could theoretically make the argument like he was ascending into potential top five space. territory. For Absolutely. sure. A
1: different space, especially after that run and beating the teams he beat. You could definitely say, OK, he he may be taking that next step. No, it didn't go that way.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: a lot of different things went into it not going that way. It wasn't just Joe's play. Mm-hmm. So. You say, okay, you, you listen to the things the Ravens have said. You know, a deal will, will get done when Lamar wants a deal to get done. And that's true. But a deal will also get done when they present Lamar with a deal he feels is worth it. Now, those two sides, is it'll stay respectful. Whether a deal gets done before the season or after the season or, you know, after next season, a deal will get done eventually. I fully believe that because the Ravens have never shown to let a great player walk. You look at it from this standpoint, of the of how long they have until he's potentially gone, quote-unquote. He's on his fifth-year option this year, 2022 season. Mm-hmm. He will be a franchise-tag quarterback, and this is all assuming no deal is done. He will be a franchise-tag quarterback next year at about $50 million. He'll be a franchise-tag quarterback the next year at about $55 to $60 million. Damn. That's if the Ravens... If, if the Ravens cannot win a Super Bowl within the next three years with the talent that they have and the contract flexibility that they have given themselves, and he says, okay, I've, I feel like I've done all I can do here. I think i just want to go. That's his right.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Because at that point, he's done everything he can do. They haven't if, – if it's the case where they haven't won a Super Bowl, at least gotten there, and within the next three seasons, he can look and say, they haven't given me what what I, I need to, to accomplish this goal that I set out. Now, I don't think all that's going to happen.
2: Mm-hmm. He
1: said that the cutoff for contract negotiations is weak one because, you know, naive. Maybe it's, you know, you salute the competitor in him, and maybe it's just him still being, you know, a bit naive to the whole business aspect of
0: it. He's 25, but that's he, fair. You know, and, and he loves the
1: game. He loves the game, which mm-hmm. is dope. You know, it's it's dope to have the root for a guy who loves the sport. So, you know, if, if he said, that's my cutoff. So if they don't get a deal done with over the next what, two, three weeks before the season starts, then he'll play this year under the fifth-year option. And then they go into next offseason, you know, and negotiate the contract. Now, for me, throughout this whole ordeal, I've looked at it as, He sat behind Joe Flacco um, for a few months in his rookie season. And, you know, the people around him know that look at what Flacco did and look at how they paid Flacco after he won the Super Bowl. He can understand that with what I'm being given and how last year went, I have a team that can win a championship. And if I can bring this championship to this organization, I can go to them with a blank check and they have to give it to me. Yeah. Now rather that will be fully guaranteed, I don't know. But he'll get a large
0: guaranteed amount of money, as mm-hmm.
1: he deserves.
2: Yeah. I, I think s- I
0: had um go ahead, bro. I think I've got him slot in terms of what I think. Uh, if you go by, and everyone gets paid by the market value, I don't buy into the whole, like, oh, well, see, as good as this guy, as good as that guy. I think the only people he's not getting, quote-unquote, their contract or their market value is Allen and Mahomes. And no one's getting Mahomes, no one's getting, besides Mahomes, a 10-year $500 million contract. Like, there's one of him, everybody kind of understands that, like, that contract is not on the plate for everybody. Oh, it absolutely will be a steal. I I brought up uh, in a for people listening. I brought it out last week. I'm like, if you look at what like the Chiefs did and uh has got some really good players right now under contract like in cheap contracts essentially for their position. And I live in San Diego. So like, everyone's like oh, the charge doing this, charge that like Charge is paying max money for a lot of guys right now and they gotta pay Herbert in a year. So that's just gonna be contract hell. The Chiefs got an amazing deal with Mahomes. But continue. So as I was saying, um as
1: as it pertains as it pertains to that. You look at you just look at this whole ordeal and say, Okay. They they recognize what they have to pay him. They recognize the market. This is a team that's getting back its top two corners last year, who one did not play at all, one missed the back end of the season after injury. They're getting back their number one and two running backs. Um, neither played last year. One will start the season week one, most likely. The other will be back probably after week six or so. They're getting they're getting a revamped offensive line. They'll be getting their top paid left tackle back eventually. Um they're getting, you know, reinforcements on the defensive end. They have a new defensive coordinator. This this is a championship caliber team. Mm-hmm. And they have and and the time is now for them to strike while they still have guys that are older but not too old. They still have players that are on good contracts where they're not in position to hold out or, or want to demand this or demand that. They have so much flexibility with the roster they've been able to construct that the time is now. So, you know, me personally, do I think a deal gets done over the next few weeks? If you would have asked me a few weeks ago, would I have thought a deal would have been done by this point? I probably would have said, yeah. But looking at how everything's going, I have no worry as a fan if the deal doesn't get done, because at the end of the day, Lamar Jackson will be the Ravens quarterback until at least 2025, 26, Mm -hmm. at least. So, you know, me being a fan, looking at the roster they have constructed, you know, I've I feel like this team capable of winning the championship over the next three years. So I'll, I'll like, I'll, I'll take that.
0: Yeah, no, I, uh, I, agree. And it is as we break down, like where right I got them finishing in the North, I think um, we're probably for the most part in locks about where we think they're going um, with the Lamar contract situation. I like the way that they've handled it, both him and the Ravens. I said last week, when you have a really good relationship, and and this is essentially a, a pseudo marriage, right, between the organization and him, really important stuff doesn't get out of your house. Like, people that have, you can tell essentially who has a bad relationship, because the things that go wrong, little or big, are always getting out of their house. They're telling friends, they're telling, like, family, and, like, excessively, almost. Um, when you have a relationship where it's like, yeah, they probably haven't loved, everything they've said during contract negotiations, but they under—they both have the understanding of, okay, they're coming from this position. I'm coming from this position and we can do this amicably to where there doesn't have to be a lot of noise. Like this can be done in a super respectful way. And I think they both the organization and Lamar has handled it in that way. Um, so I like the way that's going, whether or not I don't have a prediction for when a deal does get done. I do think one does. Cause I don't think you let, uh, you even speaking on their past specifically, just most organizations, you don't let a guy that great walk away unless there is some huge outlier of a cause. So, I got Lamar's Lamar's there now. I imagine him being there long term, and I imagine him getting upwards, if not right, at about 245 to 250. If mm-hmm. I forget where Allen's was exactly, he's um. But I think he'll be, I think those are the only, like I said, he, Allen and Mahomes, I think are the only two guys who quote unquote, make more money than him. Um, and then whatever Aaron Rodgers does next year, cause he's doing his own funny contract shit. But so uh, then speaking on the AFC North now, I didn't break down records today. I'm breaking down like official records and seating and all that shit on Friday. When I do the entire conference, um, I do have two teams making the playoffs out of this division. Uh the Browns I spoke the least on of any of the thirty two teams I'm going to do. The Browns obviously took their own gamble with who they decided to sign, and because of the situation, and it is, it's it's going to backfire this season with him being suspended eleven games. I don't feel bad for him at all. Um, they knew what they were getting into, so I got the Browns finishing fourth, regardless of the record. Um, the Steelers, I got going third, and that's really just out of respect to Mike Tomlin because. I don't know if any other team is held together more so by like just two specific people that being TJ Watt and Mike Tomlin, the coach. Here comes my cat. Um, Besides like, if you don't got TJ Watt and Mike Tomlin, I think the Steelers could be a four or five win dumpster fire, but because of specifically those two guys, arguably Mm -hmm. the best end in football and a, a top three to four head coach. Um. But only either makes the playoffs. I think. Yeah, lo- I... I'm sorry. Oh, I, ahead, man. I, I think a lot of people, and I've seen a lot of people, are saying this is now the Bengals division because they got the Super Bowl next year and Joe Burrow obviously, was amazing. I'm not going to take away anything that the Bengals did last year, but if you break it down, they got a lot of breaks. The Browns were supposed to be good going into last year. Obviously, the situation with Baker didn't play out that way. The Steelers were supposed to be good, and Ben went over his cliff. The Ravens were the one seed in the AFC, I want to say week seven, week eight. And then not only do they have injuries coming into the season, they fell apart as the season went along. Right. Still an eight and three yeah, good, team. But.
1: <laughs> Still a number one seed in the AFC. That team had no business being a number one seed.
0: Yeah. And so it's like I think the Bengals will be good and I think they make the playoffs because I do think Joe Burrow he's that guy and he is one of those guys speaking of contracts right. like he's going to he's going to get one of those kind of contracts but I also think a lot went right for the Bengals last year so I don't think they are I definitely don't think they're a juggernaut um I think the Ravens top to bottom still have the best roster in this division um, comparatively I think the only thing I would say they're probably not the best at currently in that division is i think coach you could have an argument and that's only because i just i have a lot of respect for tomlin <laughs> obviously harbaugh has his own super bowl his own hall of fame resume um that's the only thing i think though i'd really debate i think they have the best quarterback in the division even with as high as i think of joe burrow i think they have best roster top to bottom um don't run away with the division but i think they confidently win this as a AFC's tough, but a confident eleven twelve win team at least. Yeah, for sure, um, we have the same
2: breakdown as far as the uh, as far as the division goes. I the, the Cleveland thing is the Cleveland thing is so weird because you look at the talent they have and you say, you know, if Jacoby Brissett's average, they this should be a team that can at least you know, win a good amount of games, but it's like, it's, they got so much shit going on, you just, is no way that this team has a successful season. This is too much. Mm-hmm. And it's not a situation where, oh, we can rally together and play for each other. Like, no, no you, don't you, don't, <laughs> you, don't, you don't deserve that. You don't deserve that. You don't deserve that storyline. Like, like, mm-hmm. sports is, sports is about storylines It's about you can be as talented as you want to be in sports you can be as physically gifted as you want to be in sports but sports don't always come down to talent and physical gifts sometimes the 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 gods of this shit sometimes they just like no <laughs> like yeah. and you and you got to eat it and 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 the browns are just going to have to have to eat this one and they They deserve it because you have people who built, who took the Cleveland Browns and made them something that was not laughable. You have people who built the Cleveland Browns and made them into something that could be a respectable football team. And over the course of, you know, four or five months, they threw all of that down the toilet for a guy who is accused of. over a dozen sexual harassment slash sexual assault cases like for a guy who for a guy who has shown no remorse for anything for a guy who who is like you really can't put into words this whole Deshaun Watson thing even if you watch it live and in person like The whole thing is still just so insane to even really break down. So the Browns, I have last. I have Pittsburgh third. I think that, yes, T.J. White deserves a lot of credit, but I think Cam Hayward as well is still one of the best at his position. Um, I think Minka Fitzpatrick will be better. They, they, They always draft. Great at the wide receiver position, Deontay Johnson is one of the best young wide receivers in the league. Um, they drafted George Pickens. Fryer uh, Move is is a good young tight end. Like they have pieces, and I and I and I like Mitch Trubisky. I like Mitch Trubisky in Chicago. I just think that he but didn't have the right coaching staff around him. But I think he'll he'll be good for what this team wants, and that's run the ball with Najee Harris, who's one of the best young running backs. There's play action and just getting the wide receivers in space and giving them chances to make plays. But I I do think that, sir, just from a talent standpoint, I don't think they have enough there. But if we look and it's December and they're hanging around the last wild card spot, like, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Yeah. I have Cincinnati second because, as you mentioned, like, the the Bengals were a few minutes from being Super Bowl champions last year away. that was that's a fact that exists. But they also lost the Jets. <laughs> they also so like that's, these that's things this. happen. Like yeah. they they also they also you know lost lost a lot of lost a lot of games. They what what did they lose? Like seven seven games last year? Like yeah, the Ravens the Ravens were eight and nine. The Bengals was finished the season ten and seven. The Ravens lost their last six games. They finished two games out of the first place of the team that went to the Super Bowl. So, like, <laughs> so when you when you look at these things and you break down the Bengals' season, like, yes, it was a it was a successful season. Yes, yes, they 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 had a great playoff run. But a lot of things went the Bengals way that they probably will not go this season.
0: Yeah, a thousand percent. Um, We lost you there for a second. No, I
2: know. No, I'm still here. I told you I'm driving and I got rerouted.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, no, you good. Uh, No, I I agree with, like I said, all those points. um, Like I said, stuff I got early. Now, I do think it's interesting – to your point earlier when talking about the contract situation, I do think this division is interesting. I, look, I think this division looks drastically different in two to three years. I agree with you on currently the Ravens window um, in these next two to three years, especially because, and it's not even like a knock on him. I think the most athletic, the, the as great as Mike Vick got. And I think Philadelphia Mike Vick is probably like the Philly Mike Vick and Carolina Cam are like the probably highest peaks of dual threat quarterback. And then what Lamar did in his MVP season, not so much even like the stereotype that was behind it. I, but I do think it's hard for those kind of guys to have that for a sustained dominant kind of run, because you're just getting hit by guys who weigh 330 pounds and that's just yeah. physically on the body. Like, and Lamar's not, he's not as tall. He's not as big as cam was. Um, he's a little bigger than Vic. But like just any human being, you getting knocked by like that large of humans, especially when like a Miles Garrett is in your division, TJ Watt is in your division, you're just taking a lot of hits, uh, Cam Hayward. Right. Even. So I do think the Ravens want to capitalize um, specifically on this run when they will look like this. Um, I do think Lamar is a better thrower than most people give him credit for. So I do think there is a post running stage for him. Uh, similar to Russell Wilson or Russell Wilson ran a lot, his first four to five years in the league. And if you look at his last four years, it is, it's drastically gone down. He gets still scramble here and there, but he is not a, he's not even a dual threat quarterback really anymore. Uh, he's turned into a pocket passer. Um, what do you think is outside of injuries, which felt like the only thing that derailed the Ravens last year, what is the one that you could see possibly being like the derailing factor this year? Excluding injuries, because we know obviously if you get injured, you know you're just you're asking. So, well, that's any team. That's just sports.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, if anybody listened to this, they would say two things. I would like, um, well, not two, or um, two things. Maybe, maybe the lack of, you know, quote unquote, dynamic wide receivers, or you know, Lamar not taking a step forward and. Not being this, you know, uniquely gifted answer or whatever fucking ESPN sucks you want to think of. (laughs) But, you know, when the fact of the matter is, this is a team that that was 8 3 last year before Lamar got hurt. And, you know, with everything that went on, had no business being in position that they were in. But you have such a dynamic. Player, and you have who is and and past past that let's let's talk about the guy who over a hundred receptions, thirteen hundred receiving yards, um, oh, I think Andrews. eight touchdowns, the a top three tight end in the game to me number one right now as we speak. Mark Andrews had one of the best tight end seasons ever, but because of how things ended and went that's not going to be recognized or spoken on the way that it should be this is a team that has so much talent just outside of Lamar you have a guy who and Rashard who I think is going to take the next step he started off last year injured and but he showed so much promise to be a dynamic wide receiver let's talk about you know Rookie and Isaiah Likely, who's killed preseason, who's just been raved about grading camp, bringing back the Ravens offense of, well, not exactly, but similar to 2019 with the most tight end sets and the running backs and the full I always, whenever we talk about the Ravens over the last few months, I've always said that that 2019 offense, the one that set scoring records, set rushing records, the one that was so dynamic, the one that was blowing everybody out by 20 points. You did not get to see that for an extended period of time because Hayden Hurst got traded, because, you know, because Hayden Hurst got traded, because the things changed. So that offense, as constructed, it's not like they had a a window where it was that for so long, but, and it just didn't work out. It, it, they had it, and then it was gone. You know, you had the Tennessee playoff game where context is super important when you talk about that game because if you go back and look at it, it's so much different than what people may think it is. It's not just a domination by Tennessee. It's a lot of miscues on the Ravens' part, which will happen when you have a team who had not played in two weeks. You know, you have a lot of drop passes, and you have, you know, anxiousness from a guy, Lamar, who's, you know, he's, Gets very excited at those in those moments because he wants it so bad, and that that offense that dominated and that team that dominated, you didn't get to see that for an extended period of time. So I'm very excited to see what that looks like in a kind of a 2.0 fashion this year with the better Mark Andrews, with the better Lamar, with um, a different group of running backs, with younger receivers, and speaking to the receiver thing, I think that. He will be and this is no knock. No knock whatsoever against Hollywood Brown because I feel like he was so unfairly maligned his last few years with the Ravens. Hollywood was super fucking competitive. When you look at the Ravens last few playoff games, who showed up? Marquise Brown showed up every single time. When you look at when you look at a lot of big games the Ravens played in, Hollywood showed up every time. He did not run from the moment. Even if he had, like, a play here and there in these big games where he might have dropped a pass or he might have missed the play, he always showed up when he counted. So this is no disrespect to him. But I think Lamar's friendship and Lamar's love for Hollywood stunted him in in a way where you're so close with a guy and, you know, it's your job to make him look good and help him get paid that you can kind of become one-track-minded in, your process, and at least as far as the wide receivers go, because obviously Mark Andrews is receiver number one, tight end or otherwise. But a lot of a lot of the different wide receivers that the Ravens had have, have had haven't been able to get the same looks as Hollywood. And I think a lot of that is due to just Lamar's relationship with Hollywood and him feeling like I got to keep him happy because it's my guy. I think you lose a you lose that feeling a lot. They said I think the ball will be spread out more when it comes to receivers. Um, even though I do think Rashad Baton is obviously wide receiver one.
0: No, yeah. It's um like I said, I have the Ravens very high, as much and I think the majority of people, and and I do agree. So the way I've been doing the divisions, I'm kind of going from like worst to best, in my opinion. So it's why that's why I started with the AFC South, because I, I just what the fuck's going on in there besides like the I think the Titans still win it, but I'm like, I don't feel good about none of those teams. Um with the North, I do think they're the second best division um in football, and but what I think is interesting is as much hype and and obviously like where my fandom is even as much hype as the AFC West is getting for like all of the additions and the the way the rosters look, I don't think I think Baltimore right now has the best roster in the AFC. I think if I went like the four rosters to me that stand out top to bottom are Baltimore, Tampa Bay, l a and the 49ers Um, and obviously none of them in the AFC West, the NFC West, I think is the best division on that side. Um, so it's like for, I, I will be pissed as a fan this year because I'm like, I'm looking at the AFC West and I'm going, okay, the Raiders could damn near win some of these divisions. They might be the fourth best team in that division. That's not the case with the AFC North. Um, right. Is now. Obviously, Baltimore and Kansas City have had their battles, so I'm not going to say, like, they just come in and win the West. Um, I think the AFC West is still the Chiefs division to lose until otherwise, until proven otherwise. You know, knock on wood, that's this year. But, hey, we'll talk about that later. Um, but I think there's a lot here. The reason why that roster is so good, because what happened two years ago, um, that's why I enjoy talking to fans about their teams, because Tony will go on and tell all the Ravens fans, like, yo, like y'all niggas just got spoiled because of what happened in 20. Like, that's not normal. And that's
2: not the norm.
0: <laughs> it's really and, not. And I've watched, like, not even being a fan. I've just just watched the football my whole life. It's like the Raven at one point, like Denver's been in this last four or five years. Now they've been they've been bad while doing this. But like Denver's a fucking struggle to get to 20 points. The Ravens used to be like that at one point. They just had Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, Chris McAllister, Holignata, so You could only get fucking six points off them. But like like you've like you've lived through like the Kyle Bowler years, the young Joe Flacco years, like Troy Smith starting the quarterback. So um like having having those experiences that, that you get to like reflect and actually like see the team for what it is. Um and this team is still so talented because they had that 2019 season and a lot of those players are still here. Yeah. So but and
2: and the thing with that is going back to that point, it's like you a lot of people that outside of the city that like are Ravens fans or pay attention to the Ravens did not do that after Ray retired. It wasn't a thing. You know, you would always the Ravens would always get the looks and the respect just off of the franchise name alone, but really looking at the team, looking at the organization, looking at the pieces on the on the chessboard, they weren't looked that way nationally for a long time until number eight became the quarterback because he's so polarizing mm-hmm. due to no fault of his own. Um, you know, so to go 14 and two, three seasons ago to set scoring records, to set the Russian, to set the one of the Russian records is like, that's not normal. And you look at this team, you look at the team the year after they 11 and five, when the playoff game have a very tough loss to a really good Buffalo team who has as good a chance as anybody to win a Super Bowl this season. You know, you go back to that loss and you look and you say, okay, what was what were the what what were the things about that game that happened? Crazy win, um a Saturday night in Buffalo, Justin Tucker's missing forty yards. You you know, like a lot of crazy shit went down. And through all of that, you look at and I always point to this to I always point to this to say that defense you saw last year was not, and is not, what you will see this year or should expect. The Ravens in 2020 playoffs, they beat the Tennessee Titans. They gave up 10 points. They beat the Buffalo Bills. The, the Bills scored 20. One of those, one of those, was on a, I believe, an interception return by Buffalo DB. It was one. The defense itself gave up one touchdown that was on a step on Diggs' screen. That defense in two playoff games gave up 17 points. So that's not – don't expect that defense. And don't expect what you saw from – don't expect what you saw from that secondary to be that. This is why I'm very excited for that first Bengals game.
0: Damn, that's week one, Bengals versus Ravens?
2: That's gonna be no, 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 no! It's not week one. I think it's it's early though. I think it's like week five, six.
0: Oh, okay, okay. Um, yeah, and I was have I've been going over. Um, like I said, I'm doing all of my record breakdowns on Friday, so I've been going over some of the schedules and, um, NFL knows how to pick them for games, how to get a narrative going, whether it's good yeah. or bad or otherwise. Um, but not man, I I like I said, I always appreciate the fan insight. You've been following the team the division like the things that go on with it obviously a lot longer and a lot closer than i have um so it's always good to have you come on whether it's uh, talking about the ravens uh w- we'll get back into talking baseball at some point right now baseball's a little is a little <laughs> dead is a little dead in my heart um but shout top to Albert getting to almost 700 hopefully he gets there close. Close. so close but not appreciate – always appreciate you having on. Always appreciate talking to you, and I will catch you when we do a real big three later this week. Of course, All right. Peace out, bro. And that is a wrap for Heart foul Appreciate everybody for listening. This was our double episode today, the AFC, AFC North, AFC East. Thank you, Tony, for joining us today, and we will see you guys tomorrow when we do. Jump, roll, please. The best division in the AFC, the AFC West.